Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where each week we find ways to gently rebel against the nonsense that overwhelm and exhaustion are just the price you pay to have the life you want. Hello, welcome to this week's episode with me, your host, Heidi, Heidi Mark, Gentle Rebel Coach, um, sharing my gentle rebellion, helping and encouraging you to gently rebel against this nonsense called the world. Looks very overwhelming if you focus on all the overwhelm at the moment, doesn't it? But let's not do that. Let's lift the week for you and focus once more on rebelliously focusing on what matters to you. So this is kind of the theme for the whole of November. Um, You don't have to, if you've missed the other episodes, it's fine. You don't have to go and listen to those before listening to these. They're just there for you if you choose to go and listen to them. Great resources, particularly the episode with Miles, which he's a professional GTD coach, the actual getting things done, the trademarked um, philosophy and system from David Allen. So that's a really, really good episode worth um, going to check out. I think it's about two episodes ago. So this is part two of um, Rebellious Focus, Getting Things Done the Gentle Rebel Way. So just to recap for you, last week I talked about how Doing things the gentle rebel way has to start with committing to yourself first, which brings us full circle into the morning promise, into what being a gentle rebel is, which is committing, daring to commit to yourself first. Um, And we use the tool or I developed this tool called the morning promise, which is just tuning in, noticing how you feel and with your feet firmly on the ground or I do in bed actually so it's not the physically having your feet on the ground it's having your awareness pulled into yourself and feeling held by the earth feeling strong and stable and then noticing how you feel and committing to yourself first at the beginning of every day so there's a whole episode called the morning promise which you can go and check out for free and start using that right now if you want to. It's very, very powerful. It takes some people longer than others. Some people love it straight away. Some people um, rebel against it. I've had a member of Get Your Life Back recently announced that after rebelling against it for a year and a half, she's now suddenly um, found the power of it. And I really love that because to me, it shows the power of keeping on keeping going gently but firmly just saying yeah I'm going to give these tools a go because I believe in them and just see what happens it's that curiousness it's that willingness to be open do things differently so the morning promise I commit to myself first to living my life my way and each day that could be infused with a different flavor so when I was writing my book it was all about oh okay so how can I have the courage today how can I be open to letting words flow through me? How can I do this in the easiest, most fun way possible? So my way of writing a book, what does that look like? So it's very, very personal. And this is what I love about all of the tools that um, I am developing is that they look really small. And I know for me that if somebody gives me a tool, I want to try it and then I want to rebel against it. I want to make it mine because I don't like doing what everyone else is doing because In general, it's not really ever worked for me. And what I love about these tools is that they come through 
my work, my personal gender rebellion, and then they come through my work with my clients, through my work inside my group program, Get Your Life Back, through writing the book, through recording this podcast. It's a it's a just constant, messy, beautiful, movable feast. It's never done. But when something when I try something and then it works, I can then describe it to you and it becomes an actual thing. And I just I'm sure that's the way creativity works, isn't it? I'm sure you if if you resonate with this, you understand what I'm saying, that when we make things, they kind of take on a life of their own. And that's super exciting. So for me, no, I know that the morning promise works, not just because I use it, but because I dare to try and test, try it out, test it and keep using it. So I would I would argue that it's absolutely fundamental that we commit to ourselves first and that anything that comes up as resistance to that. So it could be that feels selfish, etc. That's that's really useful information. It's not terrible. It doesn't have to be bashed through. In fact, I don't ever recommend bashing through anything. Last week inside Get Your Life Back, we were on the Obstacles as Opportunities Week, which is when we look at something we're trying to bash through that feels like it's in the way, and then we just turn it around. We reverse obstacle it, um, which I'm not going to describe because that's part of Get Your Life Back, and that's a paid for course so I'm respecting the people who have, have paid for it and helped develop it and also it's quite complicated so I'm not going to do that now and it's not relevant to this so let's get back to this week rebellious focus so rebellious focus is this playful idea that yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go over here and focus on what really matters to me because I'm really done very quietly very gently I'm done I'm done with being pulled in every direction and never doing the things that really make me feel satisfied. I'm done with it. But I'm not going to tell anyone because <laughs> that will cause a riot. What's it like? when Have you ever tried that when you just go, I'm not doing this for you anymore? Or you march into work thinking, I'm going to take back control of my life from, from this work like constant work-life leakage and I'm going to put some boundaries in place and I'm not going to answer emails at that time of the day or I'm not going to get manipulated in that meeting into taking on more and all and then it just it just gets it just becomes too big a thing it becomes this big feisty fight and it, it requires a lot of energy and also when we're not really sure about something or, or when it not necessarily not sure but but when we're, it's new, it's a practice when we declare it as a done deal it, it can just feel too it just feels a bit easily blown over whereas when we just go gently inside internally with love for ourselves and love love for the world love for everyone um yeah I'm that's not me I I I don't work well under pressure I don't work well without sleep I don't I don't function well under overwhelm so I'm not gonna do it um I really need to be doing these things because these things matter to me or actually that's (laughs) that's a really interesting sentence itself I really want to do these things these things matter to me if you knew what those were it would be easier right it's the it's the constant overwhelm of but what is it that would make me happy why am I so difficult why is it so why is I'm doing loads why is it so unsatisfying so that's what we're going to look look at today is to to have that beautifully rebellious focus where you are actually doing things you want to do but nobody really knows it's not a big deal and you can get away with it and then the more you do that the more confidence you get and the more you just become yourself as in you let go of the idea that there's any reason at all why you shouldn't be doing the things that you love and it just becomes easier but very gently um to to be able to even get started with that you've got to know what it is 
what are the things that you're not doing that are nagging at you that you feel deflated about that's draining your energy that's immensely frustrating because when we're overwhelmed we don't really know we kind of think we do but often we don't because it's just too damn hard to work it out and we don't believe we can so what's the point so last week's episode really focused on this on the idea that first of all you need to commit to yourself so that you can start where you are that you can work out where you are so the first thing, step one was commit to yourself first and step two was then to brain dump everything out of your brain now Brain dumping everything out of your brain is a well-known productivity hack. It's also one of the main stages in the actual getting things done um, philosophy and system. But the reason we're doing it is probably many fold, but I can think of two right now. One is you need to get stuff out of your head. Um, your head is no place to keep things. It just doesn't work. That's not how it functions well. We need to start taking care of, I believe we need to start taking better care of our minds, having a bit more respect for our minds. They don't function well. Holding everything, cycling everything round and round, rehearsing conversations, trying to remember everything, stuff full of information, a lot of it useless, a lot of it nothing to do with who you are and what you want to be doing. So getting everything out of your brain immediately um, is helpful because it's just, oh, thank God it's all on paper. But secondly, the, the reason, one of the really strong reasons um, I recommend doing it is we can only ever start from where we are. Now, I say this quite often, but it sounds a bit simple, doesn't it? We can only start from where we are. But most of the time we don't know where we are. So we, that's part of the reason stuff doesn't work. So we go to we go on this like new uh, regimen of trying to change part of our life. But we're not really starting from where we are. We're starting from where we think we ought to be. So there's judgment. Or we're starting way further back because we don't really realise that actually we're doing loads better than we thought we are. It's very difficult actually to start where you are without. It's easier with somebody reflecting it back. So if you sat down with a friend and, and did this, they could probably, it depends on the friend, depends on the relationship. Um, maybe you can do it with your partner. But having somebody who can reflect back to you um, and, and give you feedback, because it's actually really, really difficult to see ourselves. We tend to see ourselves in other people and have things mirrored back but not recognize we tend to then think that that's the external circumstance or person's behavior is nothing to do with us it's quite a tricky thing to do we do need each other and and one of the things i love about coaching is when you have a really good coach who can hold that space for you and reflect things back gently and, and guide you to seeing that for yourself because once you can see then you you have this tremendous power self-awareness is so powerful so that's where we were at the end of last session no this isn't a session Heidi this is a podcast episode look at me I'm just like whoa wanting to teach and coach all the time anyway <laughs> the end of last episode that's where we were we we're just getting rid of everything um onto paper and then from that point you can start to neutrally notice what's going on for you so it can be quite a shock and then there's also the worry I haven't got everything out yet well there's more there's more well there will be because it's never a done deal is it I was reflecting on this this morning as I was journaling starting my day that yesterday I had a really productive day oh I'll tell you about that I'm super excited so I don't know about you but I really struggle to find journals I love to write in like there's lots of beautiful journals but a lot of them are too beautiful to burn and as I mainly do messy journaling I don't often do journaling to keep I when I do I put it in a beautiful hardback book but then that's not getting 
full very I don't need very many of those what I need is a regular supply of beautiful but relatively low cost because I'm going to burn them and without too much clutter so personally I like soft back I don't want a hard back for my messy journaling I want it to be fairly low cost because I get through a lot of journals and I'm going to burn them and then I don't actually like lines and it can be quite difficult. I found some of the cheaper journals and notebooks have lines and I just don't like lines. I want space. I want to decide, you know, it. I just I don't want lines. So I used to be able to get them from the works, which is a kind of cheap cheaper stationery and they've stopped doing these softback books which I really liked the feel of them the feel of them is really important to me so I was just getting fed up with this and I couldn't find any more I don't want to use school exercise books type things I just I don't I don't like it <laughs> I know what I want so anyway so I thought after publishing my book and because I had to obviously learn a lot about kindle direct publishing which I highly recommend because I do think it is magical that we can write a book and send it to, to anyone all over the world I just think that's a really magical very special thing rather than having to go through a publishing house which is more likely never ever to see your book I just feel like there's all these books that are now getting into the light of day and, and into the people who want to read them because we do have access to self-publishing I'm really grateful for it but obviously learning to do it was major like uphill I really I did I set myself two days to just like do it keep going keep going keep going and when I did it I was so relieved <laughs> it's such a big deal um and now I've realized that actually I can create my own journals so yesterday I had to play with that and I've shamelessly used nutmeg on the cover because she is so beautiful that's my youngest dog um so I've I love creating things that I want and that I know my clients would appreciate so I've created the unexpectedly lovely journal and in the beginning it, it tells you the method for unexpectedly lovely things which is an extract from my book overwhelm is optional and then on each page at the bottom it just says always expect the unexpectedly lovely and what I love about that idea is that with repetition you know just seeing those words letting them wash over you every day that you write in this journal it just becomes part of you that always expecting the unexpected lovely and therefore it becomes easier you don't have to make such an effort although the point of unexpectedly lovely things the actual method is that you do have to make more of an effort to rewire the brain but this is a effortless way of um just having that at the front of your mind all the time so lots of these things are coming up for me at the moment in my book i talk about stabilizers for the mind and by that I mean those little training wheels that you have on bikes when you're very small that help you learn to ride the bike and it's really really helpful I, I appreciate this myself to have gently rebellious reminders where all of the the ways that we are on this rebellion together and that the overwhelm is optional you know to have that reminder constantly with and effortlessly I think is really really helpful so I one of the ideas I've had recently because I'm in this major ideas download at the moment which is great fun but also requiring lots of rebellious focus to do things systematically and get them out in the world and completed because it's deeply satisfying to do that and I love it 
Um, oh, that's the bit I missed out. So I was just, oh goodness me, I'm all over the place today. So I was journaling and I got lots done yesterday. And then I realised that all of the things I got done have requ now require other things to be done. And that's what I meant about brain dumping. You can't get a complete picture, but you can get enough of a picture to know where you are. I hope that makes sense. It's messy and that's OK. There's nothing wrong with you. So back to my unexpectedly lovely journals. They're part of my idea that we need these stabilisers for the mind and that we need. I know I really um, find this helpful. Gently rebellious reminders. So on my list of lovely things to create um, is uh, emails where you can sign up and and I can't work out. I kind of think, well, every Sunday I'd like a gently rebellious reminder. And then I thought, yeah, but on Sundays I quite like to rebel and not look at my email list. So would that mean that people who want a break from email over the weekend would then be tempted to look at? Anyway, you can let me know. Should I send what day of the week would you like to be sent a gently rebellious reminder? Things like you are perfect. You are perfect and a work in progress. Like beautiful things that just lift you, that remind you, that help your mind um remember remember who you are remember that you are a gentle rebel remember that overwhelm is optional remember you do get to live fully without overwhelm and that you don't have to do it perfectly anyway let me know so the the journals are part of that so i've done the unexpectedly lovely journal um which yesterday when i uploaded it um amazon's still reviewing so i'll let you know when that comes up it's probably going to be out before um, this is published, so do go and have a look. Um, then I'm thinking about the messy journal. So the thing is, with each of those things, I can take one of my gently rebellious reminders or one of my tools and I can implant it into a journal. So you get a reminder of the tool, but you also get a reminder of using the tool each day. But apart from that, you just get to messy journal and there's nothing in the way because I not great with journals which are very rigid in their prompts now that's tricky because it could be really helpful to make a gently rebellious year planner that has some prompts in it but I think for me it needs to be not too I don't like it when it's like oh I've got to fill all this stuff out today <laughs> it doesn't work for me I'd love to know your thoughts on this because I feel very very passionate about creating um, support tools for your gentle rebellion and for mine you know, if, if I can't find what I want, I now know I can make it. I didn't know that a month ago. I didn't know how it worked. Now I do. I'm like, oh, goodness me, this is fun. So now we just get to do what we want. Yes, we do. Anyway, so if you've got any requests, anything that would help you, then just let me know. Right, back to rebellious focus, which you can see is completely relevant for me right now because I am in that process of oh my goodness, I've got this idea and this idea. And to be fair, these ideas were here um, at least a year and a half ago and I haven't got around to doing them. But now they just they just feel unexpectedly lovely. They just feel joyful and easier. And I, I, I really believe that this is, for me anyway, and I hope for you too, evidence that the gentle rebellion works because I didn't make these things happening when happen when it felt pressured and now they're coming through me easily it's so joyful it's so easy and it's so satisfying it's not always easy the tech thing's interesting for me but I'm okay with that because I'm just like oh okay so I write down <laughs> do you know what I do I'm so funny so 
once I've worked out the tech or found somebody's blog who helps me work out the tech, I then write Heidi instructions, which are basically do this, then this, then this. <laughs> it's like baby steps, baby steps to publishing a book, baby steps to creating a journal, baby steps, baby steps. Anyway, which I'm then actually sharing with you in my blogs, because what I didn't realise until I looked at the analytics on Kajabi, which is where I host my website, my email, absolutely everything, because they're wonderful people. When I looked at the analytics for my blog pages, they were similar to my podcast. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And of course they are, because what do I like doing? Reading blogs, reading books, listening to podcasts. It's like, so of course, people who want to come and hang out with me are going to be similar, right? But anyway, so I'm blogging more now. And some of the things I'm doing have also been on my list for a long time. And that is to create blogs posts specifically for doing things that I've done. Because a lot of, not a lot, but regularly people say, how did you start your podcast? How did you write your book? How do you run your business without overwhelm? And because I'm being asked that, because I firmly believe that anybody can do these things if they really want to, but that it can be overcomplicated, um, I'm now creating blog posts specifically for people who want to do those things, which is takes a takes a while because I have to think back, I have to step back and remember what I did. But it's I think it's really worth doing because I think it would be amazing if everybody who had something important to say um, was either a guest on a podcast or started a podcast or wrote a blog or something. I, ju I just think everybody has something or I don't know if everybody does. I can't speak for everybody. But if you have something to say and add to the conversation, then I really believe your voice matters. Anyway, so that's what I'm up to. One of <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a million things. I feel like I'm doing a million things, but with ease, <laughs> which is, oh, my goodness, so wonderful. Gentle rebellion works. Woohoo. Right. And now let's bring this all in to the next step in rebellious focus. So you've brain dumped all of the mess of everything you feel like you ought to be doing at the moment. And then you may or may not have done the next step. I think I, me I mentioned it in the last episode, but the most important thing of the last episode was to commit yourself first. So then what we do is we take the mess of like a million trillion to do's and then go through and notice how you feel now you don't want to really do this in one go because it can be pretty emotional exhausting but it doesn't really matter what you're trying to do is not sort your life out what you're trying to do is just notice where you are so if you find out that oh my god I've got a ridiculous number of things no wonder I feel overwhelmed brilliant I just told you something really helpful didn't it so then we can messy journal out how we feel about things on the list or we can mind journal so I've got a client who um and this is another thing that I oh it's another episode there are things that I think are on self-care for us personally I know there are for me and my clients that aren't traditionally acceptable for self-care so for my client it was folding laundry and for me it's often cleaning random things like um, you know, the bit around the door handle on the door <laughs> or a light switch or a skirting. It's like odd things. Now, these are things I really enjoy doing when I'm in the mood, when I'm in that kind of like it often happens to me when I'm in a creative download um, move, mode, mood. 
but before I'm ready to write. So I just thought I need to do something with my hands or I need to be doing something where it just feels better. And there's some clarity that happens in that kind of, oh, no, it looks all shiny and white. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it to you. I don't really care. There are times when I really want to clean. Just there are actually times when I really want to do my accounts. And these things traditionally aren't allowed on self-care. When we think about the pressure of self-care, and this is going back to rebellious self-care, which was October's theme, we think that we ought to be having massages, massages that we ought to be doing this. We, rebellious self-care is doing what makes you feel good. and and But it's up to you whether you've got these, say you've got on your list, I must go and fold the laundry and it's a pressure and you feel you ought to do it. That's different than, God, I love folding laundry because while I fold laundry, I gain clarity. I feel good. It's not the thing, it's the how and what it means to you personally. And this is personal and it changes. And that's why I don't like rigid things being imposed on each other. You know, you ought to have a cleaner. You ought to have facials every month. You ought to not be doing that yourself in your business. Do what you want, but identify if it's truly nourishing for you. There's a difference between folding laundry or cleaning light switches because it just feels good and while you're doing it there's something happening for you in clarity of thought or it's nourishing in some way than doing it because it feels terrible if you don't do it and if you if you do it then it removes the pressure but then you just have to do it again there's a huge difference and only you know what's true for you and you get to decide because actually it it doesn't matter does it if you think of all of the things this was another thing I was wandering in my garden thinking about Oh, that's it. There's a so there's a big pile of leaves. And last year I was really the last few years actually I've been really good at sweeping up leaves. And I quite like the feeling that I'm good at sleeping sweep sweeping up leaves because I don't know it's in all the gardeners things, isn't it? You sweep wee leaves at this time of year. And when I was in my burnout years, I couldn't because it was dark when I got home and it was too late. And also I had a smaller garden. But anyway, now I've got a lot of leaves and they're all over the lawn and. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. And last year I put them in a bag so they make leaf mould. But you know what's happened to that bag? The bag's rotting quicker than the leaves. And then then I saw Monty Don saying, big gardener over here in the UK, just put them in a pile. So that was interesting. So I made a big effort last year to put these leaves in a bag so they rot down into precious leaf mould and not rot my lawn. And this year the mainly all over the lawn because we've had a lot of water coming out of the sky for the last few weeks and haven't got around to doing anything about it. So I've got this big soggy pile of leaves and leaves all over the lawn. And then I just thought, do you know what? It doesn't matter, does it? I could do it. I could tidy it up. I could not do it. It doesn't matter. If, if I, th- I always go for the deathbed scenario. So on my deathbed, would it matter whether I'd cleared those leaves up? No, it wouldn't. It's that simple. That's it. It doesn't matter. It's not important. Now, if I want to do it, I have actually still got move the leaf, but I've changed it to instead of bagging up the leaves, I've changed it to move the leaf pile. And the reason for that is um, it's better for the lawn and it's kind of in the way and something could fall over, I guess, unlikely. But so I've still got it on my list, but it's not urgent. It's not in my head. I don't care. 
I quite like sleep, sweeping leaves. I might do it. I might not. Now, this ease, this joy, this flow. I know what makes me happy. I know what I really want to achieve today. It's really clear. I've got a list that I pulled off my other lists and stuff I identified this morning. I know what matters to me. If I get those done, I'm going to feel deeply satisfied. But actually, I feel quite satisfied anyway. And that's it. It's about how you feel. So looking at your messy, ever-changing list that you've got out of your head. So the first thing is what Miles said on his episode. His number one tip is get stuff out of your mind. Your mind is not for keeping stuff in. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't function very well, which you know, because why you're here. <laughs> Overwhelm is optional. Don't keep all that stuff in your head. It's not very kind for your mind. So get it out of your head. Then I would suggest really pausing and noticing what's going on for you. Notice where you are. Notice which of your systems work. So, for example, in business, you know, there's that whole accounting system. Am I doing that regularly or in a way that works for me? Or is it adding to my overwhelm or all sorts? There's all sorts of things. You know your life and the things that you do regularly on repeat. Are those systems working for you where you can just look at it and see what you feel about it? Are you ready for a change? I don't know. You do, though, because you can tune in and listen. You can notice how it feels in the body. And then once you've done that, now we can have some fun. Here's some things you can do to get from messy list, noticing how you feel about it, to rebellious focus. Here's some of the things you could do with your list. So you can, if you did last week, you can colour code. So you can go, yeah, I love those things. I don't like these things. If you want, not everybody likes colour. I'm not bothered. But I did have one client who absolutely loved doing this and had this brilliant code and learnt loads and it was great. So either you're somebody who likes highlighting or you're not, or you can just go straight to this bit. But the important thing is you notice neutrally how you feel about things. This is what matters. So now you can cross out the stuff you're ready to let go of. That's where I would start. Now, it's a bit like, you know, when Marie Kondo, the love your stuff person, I can't remember what it's called. The magical art of tidying up. So the thing I learned about her is that really tuning into your heart about your stuff that's clogging up your life. So her idea is that you go through your clothes and then you pick up a item of clothing and you if you are not sure if it either sparks joy or it doesn't. So it either fills your heart and you go, yeah, I love this and I'm going to keep it or maybe you're ready to let it go. So we can use that, but in a really gentle way because she's very get rid of stuff only keep the stuff you love but that didn't quite work for me it just felt a bit bit scary a bit too much but you can right now go through your list and you will notice things that maybe have been on there for 10 years and you're like yeah that's never gonna happen is it you could use the on my deathbed will I care where I've done that whether I've done that or not so we're not forcing this. You don't have to have lots of deep questions. I would just go looking at the list. Is there anything I'm ready to let go of? And if, it, if you're completely ready to let go of it, cross it out and then notice how that feels. It's pretty nice, eh? And if it doesn't feel nice, then maybe you're not ready to cross it out and that's OK. So you're not forcing anything. You're not trying to get rid of stuff. And we're not trying to get organised here. We're noticing how we're noticing how you feel. That's it. And you're using that information from your body and your heart. And if your mind feels clearer and more at ease, you can use that. So 
So next, you can demote the stuff that no longer feels so urgent. So if there's stuff on there, you know how like stuff just constantly rambles in your head. Oh, I must do that, must do that, must do that. Well, if it's been on there ages and nothing terrible has happened, maybe it's not urgent. So maybe you could just like demote it. So you can just like put a star next. You have to invent your own code. So the stuff you, you're happy to demote, that means you can postpone it. You could put it into a nice to do later. You could schedule it to look again at next year. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. So what can you postpone or demote? How does that feel? And if you're not sure, you can just leave it. I think a thing that can make this an even more lighter, more joyful, easier experience, less kind of anxiety provoking, because you're not, is to take away the notion that you can do this wrong. I think this is really important. So, you know that thing about letting go of clothing that you don't wear anymore, but then you're not sure because you've got an emotional attachment. You're not ready to let go, but you know you're not wearing it. So a really good thing is to put it in a bag for the charity shop or to sell on eBay or whatever and just place it somewhere in like a holding zone. And then you can notice whether you want to put it back in your wardrobe. So so it's, it's just these are not harsh ways of doing. These are really gentle ways of doing things, of re really respecting what feels good and right for you rather than pushing ourselves to be more productive. That real tuning in so that this whole process of rebellious focus becomes about getting to know yourself better, getting to know what works for you at this point in time, at this season in your life. Because it's changing. Everything changes all the time. So the next thing, can you ask for help for the things that you are shouldering alone, but have realised you don't need to do alone? Now, asking for help is a tricky one. And I've had a podcast request about asking for help, which I will get onto at some point. But right now, if there's stuff coming up where you just think, yeah, I could really get some help with that. That would, that would, I'd be fine with asking for help. I don't know why I didn't just ask before. Well, you do know why you didn't ask for because you didn't have the space in your head to identify how easy it would be to do it. And this is the advantage of dealing with overwhelm in such a practical way is that now you can see little solutions you couldn't see before. So then, you know, next you're going to code the things or maybe put a little arrow going, ask so-and-so. Now that is giving you, and can you see how the to-do list changes, that you now have something else to do, but it's a very practical thing to do, which relieves something else. So you decide where you're going to put that information, obviously, because it's your stuff, your life. Next one, you can give back the tasks that were never yours in the first place. Now, this is very rebellious, giving back tasks that were never yours in the first place. So for me, it's always, oh, could I? How could I do that? And it's keeping that curiosity and playfulness, that lightness, rather than that anger and resentment. This isn't my job. Why am I doing this? That's that's That takes a lot of energy, right? And we're we're rebelling gently here. So oh, I wonder if I could just give that back to that person. And how could I do this? Now, I'm not suggesting you necessarily follow through on these at the moment. I would just go with the identifying. So just, you know, code it in some way. These are things that aren't really mine that I've picked up and notice it. Because then you can go into the whole, oh, I do this a lot. Why do I do this? How can I stop doing this? And then you can get into the whole how to say no, how to um, kind of do that 
<laughs> that sidestep. Oh, can I get back to you? I need to check my calendar. Uh, I might be able to do that, but I'm just going to have to check. It's There's a way of delaying, isn't there, that some people are really good at. Can you get better at doing that? Do you want to get better at doing that? But that, that's another thing, isn't it? So just starting with the notice if there's anything on your list that wasn't yours to shoulder in the first place, identify it, notice how it feels. Because I don't want you ending up with tons more stuff to do. <laughs> just know this is this is an entire process in noticing how you feel, noticing how doing things differently will make you feel. It's it's a process. Go gently with huge love and respect for yourself. Right, next one. You can remove the impossible ones that you can't actually do anything about. Hmm. The impossible things you can't actually do anything about. If it's not within your control then keeping it in your head is probably not helpful. So can you let go of things on your list and just just pass them off as not your job, not within your power, not within your control? Now, obviously, we have we always have more power than we think we do. So if we go really, really big, let's think about world peace. Now, Obviously, it's highly unlikely, although you might have. I don't have world peace on my list. However, there are things that go on in my head where I think, oh, I wish I could make that better for those people. I wish this worked better in this country or blah, 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 blah. And then I feel powerless because I'm not in a position that I believe is that helpful. Now, that that's not helpful. The feeling of powerlessness in itself can be incredibly overwhelming. So what if we turn that around instead and say, okay, I can't solve world peace by becoming a world leader who acts in this way. However, what I can do is find peace within myself and that I can sprinkle that peace and kindness all over the place as I go through my day. That, that how I am in the world matters, that I make a difference by gently rebelling, by having love and respect for myself, by resisting overwhelm, by refusing to push myself to exhaustion and monkey snappiness. That does create world peace because it starts internally. And if you don't believe me, give it a go. Smile at somebody on a bus, notice the effect. Say thank you to somebody, notice the effect. When somebody smiles or thanks you, notice the effect. We have so much more power than we realise, but we have to start with ourselves, which is why the gentle rebel commits to herself first. It's not the only reason, it's one of many. We have so much more power than we realise. However, if there are practical things to do things on your list that aren't really yours to do like you just don't have that kind of control do you want to let them go or do you want to find another way of doing them you decide there's just an invitation there to change how you look at your list right we have two more exciting you can postpone the non-urgent and see how you feel about them at a later date i think i've kind of already got into that with the leaving clothes by the door and seeing how you feel um this is the deliberate postponing of things that may feel more urgent than the other stuff. So the stuff we talked about earlier was stuff where it's just been on your list for ages and ages and ages. It's either never going to happen or you're going to revisit it. This is the deliberate postponement of stuff that could feel slightly urgent, could feel really urgent, 
but it would be okay if you scheduled it for two weeks time or if you scheduled it for the spring if you're in winter like we are we're in autumn at the moment there's certain things that it's pointless for me to try and do like I've got lots of rubble that I want to free cycle that other people can use in their projects but it's probably and I'm realising this as I say this to you. So thank you for listening and helping me. You can witness me in this. I know it says on my list, free cycle rubble. But actually, that would be better postponed till the spring. Because in general, people don't do landscape projects. They don't tend to. And, and particularly at the moment, because we've had a lot of water from the sky. Masses and masses and masses of it. So is there anything on your list that you can postpone like I can? Because really, it's when we try and do everything at once and when we try and control everything and when we judge ourselves harshly about not doing everything and when we take on too much from other people that it gets that our entire getting things done system clogs up and we, we're never really focusing on the things that make us happy and feel satisfied and, and get to be ourselves. So we're just unclogging. So there's an opportunity. And the last one I've got is you can have useful conversations with others. So this means that you're looking at everything and you look just as you do this gently. So maybe do it for like 10 minutes a day for a week. I don't know. Whatever works for you. Or you could spend an afternoon doing it. I don't know. Whatever works for you. Treat it as a very practical, neutral noticing um, activity. So you're looking at everything in this big messy list and you're just noticing how it feels for you you're getting to know yourself you're you're finding out where you are and what's going on and then you're gradually sifting through and finding out which things do I really want to be doing now which things can I do next week or the week after which things can I let go of which things do I need to talk to somebody about is there an easier way for us to do this so Are there any useful conversations you want to have with other people that would lighten the load, lighten the load, make things that matter to you happen? And just notice that. Now, we're blurring between noticing and actually doing things, but you get to decide. Do I want to do anything about what I notice or not? Because you don't have to. Just by noticing, things will shift. I promise you, as best as I can, because <laughs> this is your life. This is not advice with a guarantee. This is just, this is what I do. This is what I do with my clients. This is what I'm thinking about at the moment. These are my musings from the gentle rebellion. Take it, leave it. Let me know how you get on. It's your life. It's your responsibility, obviously. However, You could just notice and the value in just noticing tends to be powerful because self-awareness is powerful because we get to know ourselves better. We can see what's going on for ourselves. And from there, things tend to change just by noticing. I, I would focus on the neutral noticing most. And then if you get things where you're going, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go and have a chat with that person and say, can we do this together or can they do it or can I do it later? You might want to do that. I'm just saying I just want to refocus you back to this is about you. This is about how you feel. This is about being able to manage your life and have time and energy and headspace for the things that really matter to you. 
So to wrap this up, and I am writing this as a blog, by the way. So if you want a written version, you can go to my website and check out my blog. Um, to wrap this up, what's really important once you've done this or not done it, you might just decide to just listen and not actually do. That's fine, of course. Do whatever you want, always. But the most important thing here is what are the things that I really want to be doing that I'm not doing that matter to me? And is there a way I can do some of them? What makes you happy? What makes you feel satisfied? What gives you that delicious feeling of fulfillment at the end of the day? That's what matters, isn't it? It's not about cleaning light switches, doing your accounts, I don't know, sweeping up leaves, whatever. It's not about that. Life is not for getting through. And I know you know that, but God, I forget sometimes. <laughs> it's like, if I can just get all of this stuff done, then magically everything will be okay. Mm. And then more stuff comes and more stuff comes and more stuff comes. This, this month has been an opportunity to take back your focus from being distracted in every other place, stuff, back to yourself and notice how you feel about the things you're doing, about how you're moving through your day and just start to gently but firmly rebel against the idea that all your attention, energy and time has to go on getting those things done when really you want to be doing these things and noticing how you feel about that is powerful. Anyway, that's it. Next week, um, I'm going to be discussing what works for me at the moment and my journey with this, um, because I know that you enjoy, I enjoy as well, like hearing, yeah, but what's it really look like, Heidi? What do you really do? How many hours do you work? I don't actually know. I don't really count hours. Anyway, so that's what the next episode will be. I hope you found this helpful and do check out the blog because it might be easier to have it as a written thing because there were quite a few steps in the what you do. Um, so that will be on my website. I will go and publish it now for you. Right. Lovely to have you here. Have an unexpectedly lovely week. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a little moment of your time to share it, like it, etc. to help other people find it. And if you'd like to know more about my work, please go to www.tidymark.co.uk.